it's episode 77 of the Metro Fan TV rundown coming to you live off of well I mean let, let, let's be honest like I don't think anyone really gives a fuck right now uh, as far as we're concerned the 2023 season is over and now we're going to be moving our attention on to other things that deserve your love and attention and of course uh, when the club is embarrassing that means we have to talk about things that are only slightly perhaps marginally less embarrassing than the soccer club that we follow. And that's why we are talking about anime this week. It's just me flying solo on behalf of Metro Fan TV, but just because I'm alone doesn't mean that I don't have people alongside with me for the ride. Yes, I know that was kind of paradoxical, because we have a couple special guests on the podcast here today to be guiding us through the wonderful, weird world of 2022 anime of the year, Bochi the Rock. And of course, uh, introducing Bochi first... Bochi sweet, Bochi sweet. <laughs> As you can hear right there, ladies and gentlemen, first time, three time guest on the podcast. Congratulations, wow. Alex Peaches Chang, for rising to the top of the leaderboards of your third appearance <laughs> on this podcast. Wow, I I didn't expect the return of the anime episode to be not on my own podcast. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, dude, it was so, a, it know. was a it was a story five years in the making. Right, we finally closed the loop. <laughs> there have been two soccer anime made in the meantime. Maybe we'll have you back to watch Aoshi or something. Oh no, but there's no there's there's no re- like re- real like weird parallels from that, right? The and then I mean, like I think uh, we we talked about this previously, Juan and I, on a previous episode. But okay, so we'll watch. That, no, 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 the manga. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to get this off my chest, right? It's not as good as Giant Killing because the mangaka is a giant Barca wanker. So <laughs> it is right. forbidden as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say, if you're, we're talking about relevant animes, the way that uh, the tactics austerity of the New York Red Bulls have been going, we should just watch Attack on Titan and talk about Oh, my fascism. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite at Evangelion levels yet, but like we're getting there in terms of just absolute depression. Actually, no, it's been pretty depressing. Never, nevertheless, I'm going too far deep. I dropped an NGE reference on 202 last week. Oh, you did? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, was just like, what are you talking about? Please elaborate, because I'd rather talk about this than anything else. Okay, so you know, you know how like Ray is just like a clone or whatever. Like that's right, what right, I, right. like that's where we're getting uh, all the spare hamstrings from. It's like we're doing it. certain Goma and Ray. Which <laughs> oh, is yeah, like yeah. a billion of them floating around in like <laughs> septic fluid or whatever. Yeah, specifically, yeah, exactly. it's, it's the child soldier program, right? Which is why like they're all young kids from RB two that we're like uh, and we're giving them trauma by making them play Andrew Gerhard Struber. Yeah, the, 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 the 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 robot in this case is Gerhard Struber's system. Yes, I think yeah. so. Um, and of course, uh, the other special guest, if you haven't guessed by now, ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Cruz from Out the Perch Pod. I thought we were going to talk about Intel Extreme Masters Rio, but this is good too. This is fine. <laughs> Get in the formation, Tolkien. Get in the formation, Tolkien. That's very Get in the right pressing zones, Tolkien. Cam Cam is the the Shinji right now. Basically. Oh, I guess guess that is the Aoashi parallel, though, of having like a... (laughs) 
an attacker like randomly converted to play fullback. But I think uh, I, I have probably... not watched this show, so you you know you can go <laughs> ahead and make all the analysis you want. It, it, it's okay, it's okay. I think what we really wanted to analyze was another was another show altogether, right? Because sports think, anime of the year. <laughs> yeah, like shonen anime of the year, uh, shojo shojo romance anime of the year. Every uh, category, a, a full everything sweep. except for slice of life. <laughs> <laughs> Every, yeah exactly the most because, slice of life show is not no yeah because it's a documentary it's not actually slice of life <laughs> as far as i'm concerned you know it's, it's crazy because i like what i love about bochi the rock when i tell people about it is just like oh it's like it's crazy because it has these like mixed media sequences that break down like different art styles and then like I watched Mob Psycho 100 season three after Pochi the Rock, and I was like, "Wow, this is like almost underwhelming because there's so much care put into Pochi the Rock." Yeah, no, I mean, I feel the same way, right? Like after I was done with the show, I decided to try and do a detox by like watching other slice of life, and it just happened to be Eurocamp that I decided to turn on. And you know, I mean, like while that was, I mean, it's a different pace altogether that show because it's kind of a bit more something that you just settle down and chill, like a nice cup of tea. As you see, like, beautiful scenery pieces and shit like that. But I was like, you know, there's not enough plot <coughs> in this for me. That makes my, us, my, uh... my bounce back from Bochi, my rebound was actually just Andor. Like, I just had to switch oh, yeah. to live action. To live action for a bit, right? Yeah. Sorry. I haven't been able to find a bounce back show because, like, I, I like browse Crunchyroll and, like, other stuff. And I'm just like, none of this looks, like, intriguing to me because I'm just like, after I watched, after me and Monica watched, the, like the, we watched, like we ran through Bochi, and then I was just like, all right, I, like I have a subscription, I should watch something else, and I'm just like, but none, nothing like grabs, like nothing grabs my like intention or intrigues me the same way, and I'm just like, damn. So I'm just like, every now I'm just like, did they announce season two yet? Like what the what the fuck? <laughs> I need totally more. Yeah, that's the worst part. Really really yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. The, like, like I have like proper withdrawal symptoms right now, right? Which is uh, we're at the levels where we're actually like looking for news on the subreddit and like actively poisoning my brain. <laughs> do not all this. Don't do it. Yeah, like like a, a disclaimer before I before I suppose we dive into like the real the deeper aspects of the show is that this is the most depraved subreddit on the internet. Like, do do not do not go at Don't all. Go. It is it is like, our job to prevent uh, Bochi the Rock PFPs from turning into into Kaon PFPs. Yeah, not, let's know. not do that. <laughs> we need we need Pixiv to be contained basically in its own <laughs> containment zone. So, <laughs> but it is it is like okay, like before you know, I'm just saying before we get into it, it is canon that Rio is a communist. So you know. <laughs> And, and Nijika defected to the USSR, so... Exactly, know, yeah, like, this is all canon. We'll, we'll get into this later. And we'll Bochi loves to grill, like we yeah, have... We have. Yes, uh, but the, the, the guitar is not the only thing that Bochi keeps in her guitar case, but uh, we, we, we were not going to get into that. <laughs> no, she's not American. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the other disclaimer is that I think as you can tell from the way that we've been talking about this, right, is that I think 99.99% uh, of anime is fucking embarrassing and should probably never be watched, like, under any circumstances. I don't care if you're drunk, high, or, like, down bad or whatever. Like, 99.9% .9 of the medium is just not worth it. 
but this, this is the zero. It's like shows that you never expect, like fan service or something to pop up. Like, why? Why is there a weird pervert on My Hero Academia? That show does not need that kind. Yeah, of- a, that's a shonen, right? That's a shonen series, right? It's a yeah. shonen series. Yeah, yeah, it was like the shonen series for most of the twenty. Hunter, years. Hunter. Yeah, yeah and, and I think like that's kind of like the point that we're getting at here with this show in particular, right? Because it's rare that you come across a show in this medium that not only has a really likable cast all around, a great story that's being told, some really good life lessons that are imparted, but also mm-hmm. something that's just completely free of all this embarrassing shit that all usually comes with the trappings of anime, right? Like, yeah. All I, was the saying, like, I was saying this is a very good girlfriend anime it passes the test yeah. where it's like oh, Monica loved it. well yeah but like you know like if you're not that level with someone or like, oh yeah 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 I get you what can you mean. like it's, it's... show this to someone and not be like oh this person's not gonna think i'm right right right, right, right. Gotcha. Weirdo, basically right yeah and i think like to that point like i mean i think it's pretty telling because this was monica's first anime right chris and i mean yes it was it was her first it was her first well, anime I'll never ever. show her another anime again. I, I, basically, <laughs> at that point. No, like, it was her first anime, and honestly, for me, it was my first, like, anime series to watch in, like, like a while. Like, I haven't watched anything, like, in the past, like, decade. Because I was just, like, I nothing really intrigued me. Like, all the Shonen stuff. Like, I can't get into One Piece because there's, like, 2,000 episodes. <laughs> Naruto, at that point, had, like, like a, like, a thousand episodes. And then everything else, like, I just never got into and like, uh, like I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like I might get around to it, but like I never got it. And then seeing you lens talk about it and like, like just like fucking praise it. And I was just like, man, this must be good. And I just, I'd like watched the first episode and I was like, okay, I understand. Like this, like, <laughs> like you said, it's free of the tropes. It's like, it, it speaks to like, like, like the human, like to like what you are as a person. And it's just like, it's pure in the sense that like none of the stuff about like, in anime is like present in it like yeah some of the stuff but like the, the better stuff like like the, the, the like the stylistic choices like those parts of of the good parts of anime are are present in it and like amplified the tropes and yeah like, the character yeah. trope yeah exactly yeah that's the part that th- those are the hits that i was just like yeah this is this is good and then like i i when you mentioned lens when you said you wanted to re- like you wanted to talk about the show and i was like once we've had a time I was like, should I like run through it again? And I was very close to just like doing another marathon of it. And I like, I was, and then I got caught up with like work, but I was just like, I can run through it again. Like, I, 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 that's not a problem. Like, I'd love to do it again. That's how much yeah. I, I enjoyed the show. The second yeah. time is, and the third time, or just like you catch up on all these like little details that you just like sneak in and like draw yeah all, all the background gags and everything right i think uh this is something that we that 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 okay i mean i basically watched the show like front to back like three times after i finish it <laughs> <laughs> okay so let me get that out of the way but but you know i think like, like, like shown, okay so i have shown other people it and in doing so i've watched alongside like with no hesitation like that's kind of how i've rewatched it yeah, there, there was a period in time where I was just doing nothing but like just watching like my favorite clips from the show like over and over again, mm-hmm. like on YouTube and all that, right? And I think uh, what's what's going on there? Are are, are you under attack right now? Each is a oh, I'm sorry. I was opening a bag of chips. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That it sounded, sounded like so much more than that. Do want, yeah, I, was, like, I was gonna say, do you want me to do the ASMR the the bag wrinkle and stuff? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can. 
Oh wow. Oh god. Okay, okay. I think we're gonna have to fix that in post, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you yeah, know, I'm like sorry, like, I'm like, like I was I was saying I was saying, right? I think like this is a show that I think really zones in on the little details, right? And I think mm-hmm. like for sure, like this is so what is so great about this show is that like on just random throwaway frames you can see like a weird background gag going on mm-hmm. and be like, is this intentional by the animator? And like a hundred, like probably ninety nine point nine percent of the time, the answer is probably yes. You know, which tells you the level of attention, the level of love and craft that went into making this the best show that it could possibly be. And I think it reflects in the end product, right? I mean, like at, at its crux, it's a very simple premise. It's a very simple show, but um, the labor of love and attention that came into fleshing out the character beats, the character interactions, even the way that the characters move, right, was such an important part of the design philosophy that goes into this show that it basically feels like you're watching kind of very real people to a degree, you know, struggle through, go through everyday situations involved and, you know, trying to create music in Japan, right? Yeah. And... I mean, of course, like, there are, there naturally is a lot of cartoonish exaggeration, but other than the bits that are obviously being played up for comedy, right? Like, uh, the beats of the characters are real, they're believable, uh, you get a really good sense of how they are as people, and on top of that, like, the most impressive thing that the show does, I think, is showing how those dynamics change over time as the various members of the band get to know each other a little bit better, right? I think we'll probably mm-hmm. get into that a little bit more in a bit, but... Um, I realize it's been 13 minutes and, and we haven't actually explained the premise of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably explain. Well, it's, yeah. I, th- I was about to say, like, you, as you're saying, it's like, it's, it's a very simple show, but you can't really, the, the, the main part of it is not what, like, the show is about, kind of, you know? Right? Yeah. It's like, both, but okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. Luna loves what you brought. Real life Jimmy Hen, basically. Exactly. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, but Bochi the Rock, right, is about a girl who has crippling social anxiety um, to the point where she just cannot initiate conversation with her peers. Um, and so she finds solace after watching on television um, the 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 journey of learning how to play the guitar. And in three years time, she can absolutely shred as I've been learning on Bochi the Rock inspired me to start learning how to play the guitar, by the way. Um, And she's just shredding. um, But, you know, in that three years of time, she's made no progress in her own social uh, abilities either. Um, And basically just kind of goes around her journey and trying to form a band with three other girls who all interact with her and enrich her in different ways. Um, but it also breaks out into these social anxiety sequences that are insane, um, to the point where they just like break down into like real life filmed footage or like claymation or, um, they change the aspect ratios. They animate on twos instead of fours. It's crude 3d animation, just like any style you can think of. (laughs) Yeah. The blender stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Just like, and that's, even that's a reference to Undertale, um, which I found out way later. Um, but yeah, they, they just do these insane, like, references or or just, like, nonsensical, surreal moments to delve into this person's insane 
um, social anxious kind of like episodes, but like this very realistic too, because it's kind of like the thought processes you would go down on having like, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to order at a restaurant because I might be embarrassed because they might think my order is like too embarrassing. But it gets to the point where like, oh, you start believing that they're going to um, like execute you on account of cringe, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. That, that that was the part that spoke to me so hard, right? Like, uh, you know, you know that bit in episode two where she's like, five more minutes before I turn the knob and go in, and Nijika and Ryo are just sta- staring at her like, what the fuck? They're just staring her at the top of the and stairs. I like, yo, I feel so seen by this, you know? Like, yeah. I've totally been like, fuck, I don't want to go in alone, like, at all in, the, like, some social situations, right? <laughs> and seeing that play out in front of me, I was like, is this show, like, tr- is this show, like, appear into my brain? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> The there were many this? moments per episode where I was just like, "All right, this is too this this is too close to home. I don't like this." Yeah, and, and, <laughs> I like and, it, but I don't like it. Exactly. Also, this so this anime is also based off of a, a four coma uh, manga, right? Which yeah, you know, it's, it's very simplistic and allows for this kind of interpretation. Uh, this is like one of those things where I think people you've actually read the manga, I haven't, but people could say that the anime has elevated this or like changed like raise the level of what this is supposed to be. Even. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I suppose if I chip in on that a little bit, right. I mean, I think the manga does kind of get off to a bit of a, you know, if it takes a while to find its footing, but uh, where it kind of does is about halfway through the first season. And then from there, like it's, it, it the source material is, gets really, really good. I okay. Say. But I'm also mostly that. meaning like the anime doesn't take into consideration the manga because, personal horniness <laughs> well not explicitly i'd probably say they did kind of tone that down a little bit because uh, uh hamaji i think hamaji is kind of down bad as the rest of us tend to be but uh to, th- to that point especially right she's I mean, a subreddit poster <laughs> oh no god forbid <laughs> God, please no. But, but I think to that point as well, I think it really is worth mentioning. I think that uh, the Yon Komar format, right? Uh, it's not a truly faithful adaptation, right? Because it's not to say that frame for frame, right? It is replicated on the show. And in fact, right. if you go and compare like what was uh, done in the source material to like what actually ended up being on the show, you realize that a lot of the in between frames, right? came from became anime originals and i think a part of the philosophy actually for the people who were developing the script for the show was to basically try and fill in those gaps between the the blanks and the panels Uh, for those who don't know like a four coma is like a sort of like a four box uh manga which you read top to bottom and uh it's a bit like a traditional american comics in that sense right but a lot of the context of the situations are between what happens in the panels isn't really expounded upon. And as a result of that, like the mangaka doesn't really have a great amount of, you know, room to go into super deep detail since these are supposed to be kind of like higher level stories with quick fire gags. Right. So the anime so you... adapters, oh, sorry, had to basically, no, no, had to basically do a fair bit of room, right. To try and flesh out those story beats a little bit more and edit it into something that kind of made a bit more sense instead of just having, you know, a gag, come at the end of every like column of panels which i think uh, well i was just gonna say like to the manga format as well it's basically like your sunday morning cartoons in terms of like joke and delivery based on what i've seen yeah Uh, it's like the sunday funnies are kind of essentially like 
like yeah. a, like like peanuts, like kind of like that. Garfield, if it was nine pages long and and funnier. <laughs> <Got> it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it, got it. How dare you? Garfield is the best anime of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you know when I, you know when Garfield played the guitar solo at Starry, like I felt that. I, yeah, I exactly. Felt that my soul. <laughs> so, but, so uh, yeah, sorry. what I was going to say before is that going back to that, where like I'm like the, I think they're releasing the manga in English, so I'm, I, I will probably get that just to see the difference because I feel like the the show itself, like from like personal history for me i've never been like a slice of life guy like i've never really like had interest in like like that's like genre of anime but like when i started watching this for me the thing that distinguishes it is that yeah it's slice of life and like it for them like it's slice of life but like it it, it like you said like the manga has it's kind of straightforward in the in the storyline but like the anime kind of has these moments where it's just like it's so surreal and like so experimental and it's just like, okay, like I, I experimental to the point, not experimental for the sake of experiment, but like that, it's just like, it does give you the sense that it's, it's taking what is social anxiety in a person and trying to like illustrate it. Um, I will say like from a slice of life perspective, I have watched some of the most depraved kind of like slice of life (laughs) hair animes. Um, but, you know, like, I think it does all of the things really well, where, like, those surrealist elements, like, really good slices of life will do that. Not necessarily to the extent where they change character shapes or anything like that, but um, they'll kind of carry on. Um, like, in an improv sense, like, when you see these cutaways, where it's like a yes and, right? Where, like, they just go on uh, a certain idea for a long time. Almost like a a family guy cutaway gag, right? But <laughs> about social anxiety specifically almost every time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, like, yeah, go ahead. Lindsay. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, no, no. You finish your thoughts first. Well, no, I was just going to say that, like, I think in terms of genre, um, it feels like a shonen a lot too. That's why it's very accessible. Yeah. yeah. Especially for the moments of character growth, I think that comes. Yeah. That. Yeah. For sure, we'll break that down a little in a little bit more detail because I think we probably do want to go into the characters individually, but we'll get into that a little bit. Um, I think uh, it's worth pointing out that these anxiety sequences, actually, right, for the most part, are all anime original, right? And I think it's probably the best illustration, no pun intended, of uh, you know the w- the amount of legroom that went into basically expounding upon the source material, right? Because these were all. Um, scenes and frames that were devised originally by the director and the animation crew and when you mm-hmm. consider how insane some of them are right like the uh like the breakdown like that breakdown in episode four like when she's doing the cyberpunk scream followed by that whole uh you know attention monster sequence where she goes on a rampage oh, yes. shimo kitazawa that yeah, was yeah. all anime original you know and i think uh, that should really speak to the level of talent that goes into uh you know the people the storyboarding, who honestly. Yeah. yeah, no, it's insane. The, sto- the storyboarding, the art direction, even the even the timing of the gags and the voice acting performances, particularly, I think, and uh, the the culmination, the combination of all these things, I should say, you know, created this really wonderful, perfect storm of surreal yet very wholesome, you know, <laughs> which is a very how, interesting. How talented do you have to be to audition to be Kita? 
<laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you not only have to be able to do those wide variety of emotions, but sing on top of that, right? I mean, and it goes without saying that Ikumi Hasegawa, having like heard her sing live, like she nails it, dude. I mean, like she is so fucking talented, man. I can't even like begin to <laughs> begin to like like begin to like put into words just how hard that is, you know. Uh, it's right. funny. Her saying Papa 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 in the Chino in that one oh. episode was Pe- so insane. Pepper Puri Puri Papi Puri Papa. I can't. No, the Machu Picchu fries. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the Machu Picchu San Jose hash. And I was like, how'd you but read that? Right? Great. She, uh, she really has an Amara burger in her somewhere, you know? Deep uh, within. It's a, yeah. I mean, I do think, okay, that is one thing I want to bring up as a theme that I think if you watch analysis of Bochi the Rock, which there is much of, um, yeah. or like discussion about it, one thing that I don't think has come up a lot is Bochi's relationship to food. Because that is something that does come up back to ground her time and time again. It's something that her, her mom uses to bring her back from her thing. And like it also in the uh, Izakaya. Um, scene also you know when she gets her food she comes back kind of back from her her spells right karaage specifically right is something that snaps her out of it and that's what people kind of picked up on yeah i think uh i think that's a good natural segue into i think doing a little bit more uh doing a little deep dive i suppose into each of the main cast and I suppose yep. some of the major supporting characters along the way, because as we do talk about, as we you did mention at the top of the episode, <clears throat> like the central driving force in this show, of course, right, is the connections between all four band members and what they learn and grow from each other and how they grow as a unit collectively as a result of that, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's interesting to look at this show because you could easily see it as three different shows in one, depending on whose perspective you look at it from. Right, and I think it's very rare that you have a show that has basically, arguably, four main characters. Right, I mean, some are more main than others, but they definitely right. are. Like the four members of Kisoku Band, right, are definitely, you know, each of them hold a claim to being your own protagonist. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think if you uh, go I'm, along, wait, well, well, I'm sorry, but like the the basis of uh, <laughs> Sick Hack is obviously the main character. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. You're- Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you, you could argue, depend, as, as the supporting characters get more exposition later, that there are actually five shows in one, I suppose. That is true. But, um, I think, uh, uh, well, isn't, I guess sure. isn't that spinoff confirmed, actually? Yeah, Hiroi is getting her own spinoff, apparently. Let's so go! That should, be, that, should be, that should be pretty wild. Uh, I, I really, I, I'm on the edge of my seat as to what the... Uh, premise is going to be but we'll find out soon uh, i cannot yeah. wait for the associated alcohol merch from that oh, <laughs> whatever saki band picks up this the the, the uh the link up for that is yeah the way that yamaha got bochi is gonna be like <laughs> dude oni oni koro sales are gonna go through the fucking roof as a result of yeah. this alcoholism dude like, <laughs> <laughs> but um I suppose we'll begin, I guess, with none other than the, you know, the namesake character of the show, right? Because I suppose this is the main perspective that we explore this world through, right? And I think Bochi, mm-hmm. Hitori Bochi Goto, right, is... Hitori the, Bochi Tokyo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this, the main I, character... I've been listening to the, the... By the way, everyone, you know, 
the, the on major release, the EP for Kesoku Band is out. In case you want to listen to the music, we probably will get sued out of oblivion if we played it here. But you know, yeah, <laughs> Anaplex will probably like ban Metro Fan TV. But you know what? I think that that's fine. I don't think anything else will be lost. So yeah, you're actually freeing me from the prison about having to talk <laughs> about the New York Red Bulls. Actually, so please, please strike down our podcast. I'm demanding you. Uh, you're gonna get BMS in trouble. <laughs> that's true we are part of the rbny podcast super league network though so i can't really like get our associates into trouble uh so i got it yeah it's like a rico case exactly (laughs) Exactly. oh my god you're gonna (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh dear okay but anyway yeah so the main protagonist of uh butchie the rock right socially anxious guitar hero quite literally hitori bochi goto right i think um from that perspective, you know, I think uh, her arc obviously is what draw drew a lot of people in, right? I mean, I think all three of us, we can all agree, we suffered from some kind of social anxiety, either currently or in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And I think well, some of us as well, you know, I mean, uh, coming off the backs of the last two or three years. I, I, okay, Lens, can we get to the important part? Like, yeah, she's the one with the pink hair. Like, let's get that one up front <laughs> for all the characters. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we got to go about the color coding. Yeah, so uh, um, pink with yeah. the, the blue and yellow hair clip and the ahoge on but the side. But also, you know, she won, I think, best pink girl. She had very steep competitions for pink hair girl and Bochi the Rock, man. Oof. She was, I think she was voted best girl by like uh, in the 2022 end of year awards or some at. Bochi sweet, Bochi sweet, Bochi yeah, sweet, Bochi sweet. Uh, but I think uh, the central core of this arc, obviously, you know, and I think why the, why it spoke out to a lot of people, right, is because I think uh, it's, a, it's a lesson that all of us can definitely take to heart here, right? And I think that's sort of overcoming your worst anxieties and your worst fears to not miss out on opportunities that you've only dreamed of for years, right? And I think in typical Bochi fashion, I mean, she kind of stumbles ass backwards into it. But, you know, just because she was taken to the door, right, uh, doesn't mean that she she was capable of fully turning the knob by herself. And yeah. I think most of the first season is kind of watching her in that journey as she grows in that confidence to seize those opportunities for herself and finally live that dream that she's always envisioned of being in a really popular music group, right? And showing her musical talent to the world, right? And overcoming that anxiety in order to put yourself in situations that you're uncomfortable in, you know? I mean, I think that's a universal thing that we can all relate to, right? Especially... You know, I think, um, especially I think in the moment of time that this show was kind of put out, right, which is coming off the years of a pretty nasty pandemic where people feel kind of isolated from each other, realizing that, you know, I mean, that there are people that really sincerely do care about you and your well-being and your development as a person and just want you to be able to, you know, take the opportunities for yourself to live your best life is such a, you know, telling message in a time where I think people feel a lot more disassociated and lost than ever. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of just general paranoia with, I mean, like, it's it's weird because there's, right, social media in a way itself just kind of exemplifies and rewards people who display and, um, you know, promote antisocial behavior a lot of times. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I think a lot of, like, well, we're seeing this in, in the U.S. with all these, like, weird shootings where people are just kind of, like, making mistakes and, like, you know. <laughs> trying trying to find their uber uh, and getting shot and stuff where 
people just don't trust each other anymore. But it, it is really like, oh, I think a, a welcome message that a lot of people are looking for where, hey, how the, can I find people that I can trust or will? I mean, know? they kind of, they also kind of touch on that in the show. Cause I mean, she starts off by just, she plays the guitar in her closet and records videos and she uploads them to YouTube. And like, that's yeah. how she gets her, her art out there because she's, because oh of her anxiety. I'm imagining her anxiety. a version of Bochi where she just gets like caught up in the manosphere. No. And becomes like oh, a fresh no. bit podcast. All right, God. All right Peaches, am I going to have to put you in the uh, timeout zone for a bit? Like, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> if you bring up Andrew Tate on this podcast for fucking No, no, no. She goes, no, no, no. She just like becomes like part of the Ben Shapiro. Like, okay, universe. that's it. All right, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to cut. I'm gonna cut this one off before we go. He goes in the he goes in the mango box. Yeah, he goes in the mango box indeed. But to Chris's point, right? Yeah, exactly. She begins the show in this weird place, right, where she's really popular online under a pseudonym, and everybody kind of admires her for her skills. And to complement that, uh, she's actually made up a whole fake persona as Guitar Hero, right? Her pseudonym. Where she Doesn't she, like, like, say she has a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, a, she, has a, a she has a boyfriend who's, like, the ace of the basketball team. She goes out <laughs> to KTV, like, almost every week. Uh, like, uh, her friends really think that she's super talented and cool and all that stuff, you know? And basically, like, in those stuff that she writes about herself, right, You this is definitely kind of a little piece of subtle storytelling here. But, of course, this is always kind of stuff that I think... Uh, Either the life Bochi wants to lead for herself, right? Or something that she, or I think something a bit more in line with the themes of the show is actually something that she kind of envisions cool, popular people as living, right? The kind right. of the life mm-hmm. that cool, popular people lead. Right. You know? And I think um, that's sort of the interesting psychology that's at play here, right? I mean, obviously, a lot of this, as, we, as, we, as the show shows on, like, you can definitely tell that, you know, her 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 expectations of reality do not always match up with what reality actually is right oh yeah she's right. quick to like downplay herself in comparison to other people but without realizing that a lot of the people that she's actually you know putting on a pedestal and like puffing up and you know negatively comparing herself to are actually all dealing with their own problems in their own yep. ways right none of them actually have anything figured out Right. You know, I think yep. she she looks up to Heroi for her charisma and her musicianship, but completely glosses past the fact that she's a barely functioning alcoholic. Right. Who basically yep. drinks to escape her problems 24 seven. Kita is someone who she sees as, you know, being super popular and, you know, being the Genki girl that she's always wanted to be without realizing that she's kind of drifting through life without a purpose. And she kind of feels the same way about herself, you know. All the okay, so should we, we? I think we should just break into each character right now. Yeah, that's what that's what we're trying to do. But right. uh, and, and I think I'm just using this as an illustrative point because we're obviously going to get into Kita's story a little bit more. But you know, I think it's a very nice piece of parallel storytelling here that speaks to people that have social anxiety. Right? Yeah, you know, right. I, think, I think we should move on to Yellow Hair Girl, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We will, we will, we will. But let me let, let let me put the bow in this. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. I'm just only saying this because like everything is kind of related to Bochi at the end of the day too. It, it is, yeah, and and, and I think uh, the natural segue here is Peach is uh, trying to get to is the fact that there is somebody who kind of drags her out of that world, right? Who kind of sni- breaks through the darkness in her mind and drags her into confronting reality, and it's quite literally signified 
as expertly pointed out by Sayumi Suzushiro in the in her appearance on Bochi the Radio. She is, of course, Nijika's VA, right? That Nijika is Nijika Ichichi, the yellow-haired Dorito angel with a ribbon around her neck that invites Bochi to join her band, Kesoku Band, in a, the Everyone first episode. Everyone their own Nijika, you know, yeah. Basically, like, I love the way that she's introduced in this show, right? Like, you know, the, the, the deep cut of a Bochi in the background, Nijika realizing she's a guitar case. Yeah, guitar and running towards her, climbing over the fence where she's uh, sitting on the swing set in the darkness, and then basically confronting her face to face. Like, that's a guitar, isn't it? In many ways, like, Nijika is, I think, the first person besides Bochi's parents to kind of realize that she's existing in the world, right? Which is why that first scene is so pivotal to kind of establishing Nijika's role in the show, right? And on that. I thought she was, like, a figment of her imagination at first, because it was like. It's funny because she's just basically doing everything that Bochi wanted to happen at school just later on. In the, in the, this ep- so Bochi, you know, tries to get attention for her interest by simply wearing band shirts and carrying And her guitar, band. yeah. And then she tries, yeah, she tries to bring her guitar to school, you know, in an effort to maybe form a band. Um, but obviously, like, she's not really putting in the legwork socially, right, um, yeah. to move the needle. Uh, but it's funny because Nijika like comes into the scene and just basically fulfills her every wish in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say that, like, yeah, like for like you said, pieces where like she will go it, it, in the first episode, she goes to school with her guitar, and it's all it's it's she's hoping people will come to to her essentially. As opposed to like going out there and like being like, "Hey, I'm Bochi. I like guitar. This, that, and the other." Kita even sees her in the first episode, but like, there's it's just like like you know like because I think was Bochi running away at that point. I, I forget. Yeah, like, and there were different classes as well. Yeah, there were different. Yeah, right. There are different classes. I think Bochi was kind of slinking away, depressed because no one came to talk to her. And then exactly. Kita, while hanging out with her friends, notices someone with a guitar pack from a distance away. So that is also an anime original. I want to point out. Like Kita's introduction in the anime comes a lot earlier than in the manga, right? Oh, okay. Kita a little bit more. But yeah, so like, but Nijika, that scene in the in the in the like playground where where like yeah, like she's essentially confronting her and being like, "Hey, you you have a guitar? That means you play, right?" Yeah. I have a band. You should join it. And it's like, oh, you're join- like. It's not like, it's like you should join it, but also, oh, you're joining. Like it's it's very like she. At a certain point, that she never that asked for consent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she doesn't even like, give her a straight answer right before she's dragging her away to Shimokitazawa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like it's yeah, like Jika represents that like sense of just like people like people with anxiety, where it's just like like you said, Peaches, like every everyone should have an Ijika in their life. That's someone that's just like pushes them because like everyone has even, dreams and aspirations. Even extroverts and stuff. need an Ijika in their life, as we'll see with yeah. Kita, I think, later on. But like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's just that person that just like says, like, listen, you have want, like, you, like, you have desires and aspirations and stuff like that. And like, yeah, like they might be lofty or whatever, but you should still fucking go for it. And Ijika represents that. She's the person that's like, she's not driving the bus. Like, I don't want to say like Nijika's like, like, doing that but she's kind of just like like egging her on and just like supporting in that sense to like get Botin and everybody in 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 the band to like just go out there and just try it just go for it yeah and except for the scenes where she goes to bochi's house she's also 
seemingly the most level-headed and able to see through the fog of war, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, she's constantly breaking the fourth wall, like, from the first episode, um, being like, hey, 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 stop that, stop that, stop that, like, ending <laughs> the, the cutaway bits and stuff like that. Like, yes, she does. She is very much the person that breaks into, like, like Bochy's, like, little, like, her, ep- I don't want to say episode, but, like, her episode, where she's just, like, kind of in her own head. Like, she's usually the person to be like, hey, stop that, like, come on, let's 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 go. Yeah, and you know, I think it's uh, interesting, right? I think her characterization, especially, I think, has that uh, something, uh, an interpretation that I agree with a lot, obviously, is that in many ways she is the main character of the Kesoku band story, in a way, right? As mm-hmm. its driving force. And her and her role in the band is basically as that unifying force, right? I mean, if you compare to the other members of the band, you know, Bochi, who's too caught up in her own head to express herself, Kita, who is completely inexperienced in the world of music, and Ryo, who is the best musician of the lot, but really is too mischievous to really like focus <laughs> down and drive the band forward. Yejika yeah. is the person who basically drives everyone forward in the band, right? And, I, and it yeah. really warms my heart that in the final episode, that her leadership is actually like very much uh, explicitly recognized by yeah. Kita at the cultural festival because it's true, right? I mean, I think the Kisoku band story is very much Nijika's story, right? And I think uh, that's something that gets especially expounded upon in episode eight, where it's her dream, right? To have this super popular band so that she can uh, basically, like, you know, bring more fame and more uh, support for her sister's live house, right? Knowing full in the fact that, you know, Starry Live House, right, was a place that was established so that, uh, her own band aspirations could have a home base, right? Right. And I, yeah, think, I think it's because of that, right? And I think because of that, right? I think uh, it's why she plays this such this this pivotal role in this story, right? Because in many ways, that is the dream that she works towards. But it's also worth pointing out that without the individual talents of her composite band members, right, she isn't necessarily going to be able to get there, right? So while Nishika right. has the and so uh, that's why it's kind of symbiotic in a way, right? The collective <coughs> talents of Kisoku Band are basically folded and given a direction by Nijika's leadership, right? But Nijika doesn't get to where she necessarily wants to be if her members weren't so talented to begin with in their own rights, right? I mean, uh, you know, you have Kita, who's an incredible vocalist, Bochi, who is literally a fucking guitar prodigy, and Ryo, who is the creative force and direction behind the band, you know, underneath her guidance and her leadership, they all create this cohesive music. And also picture. sick bassist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sick bassist. Bassists are sick, but they're also sick. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, you know, I think uh, that's that, 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 that's why I think uh, this, is, this is an interpretation that I agree with that basically, you know, she is would have been the traditional main character in virtually every other musical anime that you can think of, right? I and think it's, it's yeah pretty telling that she has the main character design philosophy applied to her right you know the the side ponytail the dorito ahoge the fact that the ribbon is present in every single one the polka dot ribbon which is present in every single one of her outfits you know as a motif for her right? right i think and the semantic meaning of that is of course is revealed in the in the manga a bit later in a special chapter but i don't know if you really want to go into manga spoilers for the purposes of the show yeah, um, we'll get into spoilers when we get to the season two episode for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we'll just kind of leave it off at that. I think that's sort of. Uh, I think we can all agree that, you know, I think um, it basically goes that 
and, and basically serves as this deuce ex machina in a way for Bochi, right? Uh, basically, Angel falls out of the sky, asks her to join her band, <laughs> and then yeah. In, in typical Bochi fashion, she kind of stumbles ass backwards into it, like I mentioned, right? If it wasn't a, ch- a chance encounter in a random park in the suburbs of Tokyo somewhere, Bochi yeah. would never wow, have been it. You know, it's this was an Izakai too. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> No, um, I, well, one thing before we go forward, we, we like all this point about Nijiko. We haven't mentioned that she's the drummer, but like, but like going back <laughs> to that, where she's just like, she, yeah, but she's like that's the supporting, yeah, exactly. Like it goes back to that where she's like kind of keeping the beat and just being like the person the that backbone. just exactly, exactly. And yeah. it's why I think it's interesting that you mentioned like the Kasoku band in relation to her because yeah you're right everyone else is using Kasoku band as kind of a vehicle for their own desires Robochi it's like her social um inhibitions for Rio it's her creative like purity or like the drive for her to strive to be an artist and for for Kida it's to um you know I think actually try something new like actually like like, yeah exactly Right, yeah, um, and, ch- and challenge yourself in that way um, because she admires um, the skills of both Rio and Bochi, um, which you know we'll talk about. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, but for for Nijika herself, Kasoku Band is kind of maybe a little bit the end goal, or like pushing that is her 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 uh, character drive. Yeah, and I, I think that's why like it's it's this show is wonderful, right? Because I think the main four, the bonds between all four of the main characters are two way streets in many ways, right? Nijika, as the timekeeper of the band, quite literally and metaphorically, drives and propulses the band forward, right? But the beat alone is not enough to captivate the audience and make them famous, right? right? I mean, that's where the melodies, the you know, the grooves. The lyrics, they all have to come in together in order to compel the audience, right? And create this image of Kasoku Band as a, you know, someone that can basically, you know, create music that captivates an audience and reaches out to people, right? And builds that popularity. And I think that's why, you know, her instrument particularly is such a central component of the character. She's an essential part of the band, but she can't necessarily yeah. do it herself, right? Right, exactly. For, for she's the foundation of the band. The drummer. Yeah, the she's the foundation of the band that everybody else builds off of. And I think that's a nice natural segue into her partner in crime, right? Someone who would probably be the deuteragonist in this uh, in Nijika story. The enigma, the weed-eating <laughs> enigma known as Ryo Yamada. <laughs> Simultaneously the best, but also the worst. Right? So it's like... Rio is such a land of contrasts, and I think uh, it's it, it, the funniest thing about it is, you know, when it comes to music, like her chops are not questioned, right? You know, like she's a fantastic bassist. Um, she arranges all of the music for all of the originals, right? And she's mm-hmm. basically the creative visionary behind the band that they need, right? Because she's the one that has the most experience playing in bands. But she also has a very clear vision of what she wants to accomplish in music, right? And because of that, right, and her ability to funnel and give that creative vision direction is what creates the sound of Kesoku Band, right? All the parts that the various band members are playing, the lead lines, the rhythms, the chords, were all probably written by Ryo, right? And I think... Um, unquestionably on the musical front brilliant everything yeah. other than music though 
what a disaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> Rio, okay, so Rio tells the real moral story of Boji the Rock. And, you know, Hiroi comes into this as well, which is never trust a bassist. Yes. Or never lend a bassist money as well. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. The real moral of the story is that all bassists are bastards. <laughs> Especially you, Patrick Haddad. <laughs> Wait, Pat Haddad's a bit. Oh, that makes. Oh, my God. That explains so much. I like this, the, 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 everything just makes sense now. Yeah, I know. I understand oh. so much now. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. He's always drinking beer. He's always getting drunk. He, he plays the bass. He's basically a Roy, dude. Like, if you really think about it. <laughs> drunk well, okay, texting so we have people the three or four in the morning. But yeah, you know, I mean, like that, that's the interesting paradox. That, that, Chris, that, you're, you that. have to start shredding now. Like, I should. Because <laughs> I'm just doing the rhythm guitar. That's going to be easy. Lens will be the drums. But, you know, now we have the basses. <laughs> Cross-continental band. Yeah. I mean, if an no, sporadic could do it, I don't see why we can. But, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, anyway, you wanted to say something? No, I was just going to say about Rio. Like, for me, Rio is, is... Out of the four kind of, like, core characters, Rio, to me, was always, like, this character that, like... I, I related to the least, but I still related to it in some ways, where it's just, like, yeah, she's she's kind of, like... I don't know if spacey is the right, right word, but, like... She's kind of like like stone face. She's kind of like in her own head, like like in her own head, but like in just thinking about stuff, like not really paying attention to like her surroundings. To uh, like, she's both. okay. Rio's a girl, but she's a hippo. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, 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 a himbo, a himbo. Oh, a himbo, himbo, himbo. Yeah, 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 yeah not yeah, a hippo, yeah. himbo. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought I, I heard hippo too, but then my I brain oh, just oh, like no, no, no. You you know what I mean though. Yeah, 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 yeah I, I, I do, I do, I do. Where like but she's there's not moments, a himbo, but she is a himbo. <laughs> yes, yes. Where like there's moments where like like where she goes to like lunch with 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 Bochi and they're just talking about stuff and like like she's the person that like tells like Bochi like like how to spur her creative side and stuff like that and like how they exchange like ideas about how to, how the band should go creatively and like while all that is great and stuff like that the, the the poignant part of it is like the moment where like the check comes and Rio's just like, Oh, are you going to get that? And it's just like, what? Like, like you kind of just like, like, you invited me. Yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is that like, she basically says that she was just tired of eating weeds. Is why she decided to eat. <laughs> so that's, why she, that's why I invited you. Cause I wanted to go to the to, to thing. And then you find Didn't out later. Did she say like, she ate weeds also? Cause basically she scammed. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's like, heat yeah. Up for her guitar. <laughs> Yes, she her, Rio's on an eternal quest to get like every instrument she possibly can. Uh, so like that, like she's she's like you said, PG, uh, Lens. Where like she, she's a creative force in the band, and she loves music. And it's you, you don't get the sense of it because like she's it's not like outward, like it's not like she's like it's like it's like coming out of her pores. But like deep within, like you know, like she loves music and. And everything else is kind of like secondary to her, but she still tries to m- find ways to kind of like be part of of every moment she's in as best as she can. But she's also like she loves like aesthetics <laughs> a lot too. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Like she's definitely like an artist. She would hang around in Soho doing like the Asian squat, you know, looking cool right now, <laughs> wearing like. A really oversized like fleece and salamins. <laughs> you know, that's that's what you would be doing right now. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's also kind of worth pointing out a little bit, right? That uh, basically, um, on top of that, right, uh, it goes back to this whole idea again, right? That you know, uh, the people that Bochi looks up to and admires are basically nowhere near as well put together as she thinks they are. Because exactly. on top of all of this, I think we're missing out the most important Rio trait, and that the fact that she's fucking loaded. And still finds yes. a way to be broke every <laughs> single month. Exactly. Right? Like, she's like Nijika basically mentions that, like, her parents run a hospital, so she's loaded. But yeah. because she spends money so irresponsibly, she has to mooch off of other people. Right? So in it's many like ways... It's pretty in line, though. It's, a, like, it's so much attention to detail about these characters. Yeah. But, it's like, amazing. You know. it's, it's basically very like bog-standard rich kid behavior, right? I mean, you, I knew so many people at NYU who basically lived like this. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like... She's NYU student in anime form, of course. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, right down to the haircut, the fact that she spent like, up, buys she, all she of her outfits... Buys all of her outfits... From thr- yeah. Buys all of her outfits from thrift, you know? I mean, like, the list just goes on and on and on. The Saudi Arabia chart thing was so funny to me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? Just... I, was like, I was like, the fuck? Like, they, do they even allow music in Saudi Arabia? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then the whole part at, the, uh, at Shinjuku uh, Loft, where she's like uh, a flot, I suppose, in the anime's... Uh, in the anime's universe, where she's basically pretending to be, like, know everything about this band. Right. <laughs> Insufferable hipster uh, y- Ryo Yamada. But, you know, I mean... Yes. I think there is something, like... I found Ryo somewhat um, relatable. Not in kind of, like, all the, the, the basis kind of ways, but in her... Um, and the show does a really good job in depicting this difference between someone who's an introvert and someone who's a loner. Um, yes. Yeah. By choice, which, you know, Ryo does seem to be. And, like, I'm the type of person who used to, like, walk around just... Um, from my house to like Williamsburg to Dumbo, just just like kind of exploring things by myself um, in that thing. But like, when Bochi's talking about having too much social anxiety to like even go into a clothing store, I'm like, okay, it's really interesting that whoever is coming up with this um, entire like project can very like skillfully navigate all these different types of people that very clearly exist in this kind of way. You know, even if it's like different than what that person might be experiencing. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really good distinction to touch upon, right? Which the show also kind of uh, talks about. You know, I think it's the the difference in having confidence in doing things by yourself and the insecurity that comes from you know not having that, right? There's a marked difference between someone who constantly questions, "Is it okay if I find, if I go to this and alone in social settings?" and people who are just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go and enjoy it by myself." Yeah, right, and. You know, I mean, it's pretty telling that a lot of Rio's time outside of, you know, work and school is basically spent doing individual hobbies, like browsing clothing for herself, listening to me, going to the record store and listening to yeah. music, watching movies on her giant fuck off, like home entertainment system. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, I think uh, I, I still get the feeling that we don't really have the full picture of uh, Ryo as a person, right? And I think one of the interesting character beats that um, we might see get expounded upon later, right, is the fact that she used to be in another band before uh, Nijika compelled her, right, to be the bassist in Kaisoku Band separately. 
And she apparently left that band because, you know, she disagreed with the musical vision, right? She realized that they were becoming a bit too commercial, right? And basically wasn't interested in playing music that they wanted to bring it in. And, you know, uh, it's it's interesting that we haven't really delved too much into Ryo's backstory too much yet in both the anime and the manga. But I get the sense that, you know, as perhaps as Kesoku band, uh, you know, they grow in popularity and renown, that perhaps that could be something that we revisit down the line, right? Say... Rio's former band has, you know, perhaps blown up or something and they get reintroduced to her life in a really interesting way. That could be something that I would be keen on exploring because I feel like that's something that we haven't really seen too much of, right? Even even the whole recruitment scene where Nijika asks Rio to join her band, right, is very is is rather short and doesn't really go into a great amount of detail, right? Basically it's just Nijika poking her on the cheek and saying, like, hey, do you want to play bass in my band? And Rio's like, why? And all Nishika's been saying is basically because I love the way you play. And that's all we know about how <laughs> how they started, right? And I think there's an yeah. interesting amount of mystery there, right? I kind of do hope that that is something that gets expounded upon because I feel like in typical, like, kudere fashion, right, that there is something to Rio that we just don't know about yet and that she's hiding. I mean, I think the much more likely outcome is that we later find uh, a loan shark that she has come into contact with <laughs> due to her various debts where you know, it actually becomes and unravels that she has a lot of gambling debts because she's trying to make the money back from all these instruments that she's bought. Um, and exactly. Away. And then it actually becomes like an uncut gems kind of scenario and she's had good, you know? Maybe her parents will cut her off at some point. Like maybe just, like, and then she's just like, oh shit. Yeah, she hits rock bottom after like auctioning for uh, a bass played by Flea in uh, <laughs> Christie's auction house. <laughs> you know, there was a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert here. Uh, Aki Hamaji, if you're listening to this, you know, here you go. You can have it for free. Oh, no. I was going to say, like, there was a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert here a month, a couple months ago, and I've never seen so many, like, openly wasted, like, wash dads in public and congregated oh, en masse in one place, dude. It was so dire. I was like, all of the dudes here. who are slapping their bass. Yeah. Gonna say, that, sounds like a, that just sounds like a fish concert. Like, it was- <laughs> that is true, though. That is true. But jam bands aren't really a thing here in Singapore, right? So imagine all the uh, all, all the wash dads in the nation, like they they get yelled at by their boss on the weekdays, and they just rock out to RCP on the weekend <laughs> to fill the void in your life. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, it turns God. out that Bochy the Rock is actually uh, like a biopic prequel, um, and then the story is about Thundercat, who Rio actually ends up becoming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just want to say the understated part of her character as well, right? As I should actually say is that, like, uh, you know, she's not actually cool and aloof, like what Kita thinks she is, right? She's actually just a massive idiot. Stupid. Which, which I love. The, the, dumb. The, the cool, aloof character isn't actually secretly, like, uh, isn't secretly, like you know, caring or compassionate is just waiting for the right person to show it to. No, she's actually just a massive dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought she, was... She only has space in her brain for music, essentially. <laughs> yeah, she literally says, if I study too hard, I forget how to play bass. And I, like, fucking yeah. killed over for, like, ten minutes when she said that line. <laughs> yeah. 
That's true. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny because like it's clear that her brain might have that capacity because she goes to this like fancy prep school or whatever. Yeah. And Kita has a meltdown over it. Like the, the episode nine was oh, that the the whole, the whole stuff up and down in the train was so good for different reasons. I suppose that's a yes. natural segue <laughs> into uh, the bright into the shining sun of the band. Yara. Yeah, someone who glows so strongly that she makes people disintegrate upon contact. Just do like <laughs> the sheer force of her vibes, you know, and her positivity. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about Pat Murphy. <laughs> is it is this is Murphora a thing? I, I would like for Murphora to be a thing. You know? like every every time Mur-fora. like <laughs> I feel like every time he like takes a photo with like I don't know like some random person in the Yonkers Young Republicans board. I now have to find the the Katara sc- screen cap and just pay, crudely paste Pat Murphy. Right, but instead of like <laughs> instead of like warming you up to do something kind for once in your life, it's actually just like a speedo- like a speedometer ride. <laughs> I want to drive ninety miles per hour in the New York Thruway. I was like, uh, sudden, I was like, why do I have a briefcase full of money in my right hand? Allegedly, 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 allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Uh, we we will have no diamond Pat Murphy slander on this podcast. Though. That's mean, right. He, God damn it. He, he is going to lead us to a better future and to a better America. So, uh, Pat Murphy, uh, twenty twenty four, ladies and Murphy Pritzker, twenty twenty eight. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> be so down for that i'm not gonna lie I'm, uh, yeah i'm i'm canvassing for that <laughs> dude i'll do fucking phone banking from halfway across the world just Bro, I'm, I'm knocking door to door in cleveland for that city <laughs> uh, the, best part is, the best part is is like i would specifically only do phone banking on my hours so i'd be calling people at five o'clock in the morning yeah. like, hey would you it's want like, to talk what? about patrick murphy's policies <laughs> it's in the morning what the fuck no well, actually we would probably put you in the expats so you'd only be calling the expats. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta help domestic outreach, dude. Exactly. Votes are, votes are won in America, if you know. If you don't vote, if you don't vote blue, like you're enabling fascism. I'll have you know. You're just getting, you're just getting like two a.m. phone calls to Texas from Singapore. Like, what, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> They, they basically just like dump. They just dump the phone call the moment I asked them for an email address, thinking it's like some kind of scam. <laughs> yeah, you just like if they ask you if you're a scam, it's like no, you gotta cut a hole in the Bible, put ten thousand dollars in cash, and send it, or if your son gets murdered. What a tangent! I think we, I think we, I think we got it. We, we got to pull it back. Anyway, Kira. Yeah, Kira. Yeah, anyway. Kira with Ikuyo. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. Let's go. Quite literally, right? It's in her name, and I think, like, in many ways, in my opinion, like, I think is very much the deuteragonist of the first season, right? And I think it's been it's been touched upon briefly earlier, but you know, I mean, in many ways, she is the closest thing that Bochi has to a foil, right? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. she's like the perfect Bochi the foil in that, and like, she's anxious in the opposite way of Bochi. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think this is why I think like uh, the the two way streets that we talk about in the show are just so are such a wonderful component of its dynamics, right? I mean, I think uh, Ochi and Kita will see something in the other that they wish they had. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ida obviously looks up to Bochi's musicianship and her drive towards, you know, her dedication to becoming good at something. 
Whereas, you know, Bochi, I think, admires Kita's, like, you know, positivity, her ability to kind of blend in every single social situation and, you know, bring people together, right? Mm -hmm. And in that sense, you know, I think uh, they're very interesting mirrors to one another, right? As Peach has mentioned, despite being on the opposite ends of the introvert-extrovert scale, they are in many ways the two members of the band who are very much... I think closest in terms of temperament to each other, right? Just because yeah. of that underlying social anxiety. This is that how they, you know, how they phrase that, right? And how that comes across is very different. Bochi retreats in their league, these crazy delusional fantasies, whereas Kita blabs, right? And has like very public breakdowns about very natural <laughs> situations, such as like her name being revealed. Like uh, <laughs> the tantrum over her name reveal was top notch, right? I think like that was probably one of my favorite moments of the show. Like the whole. It's my Discord profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the, I've and the whole... never had an anime girl profile picture before, and I've gone down the slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, you know, and I and, and I think that's why it's a, it's it's a nice little beat right here, right? I mean, uh, she's also kind of the closest thing that the anime has to like that traditional happy-go-lucky character, but yeah. you know, she's not dense, right? She she's she's not an idiot bimbo which i kind of appreciate like the characterization in fact she's a very caring empathetic person right and her ability to kind of uh, you know read the emotional needs of other people is something that's very you know well established i think throughout the show except for that one bit towards the end where she thrusts the microphone in bochi's face which was kind of a kind of an unforced error on her part i'm not gonna lie but we all make well, it's not, sometimes, right? that's kind of the whole uh a thing about that last arc like she submitted the form, even knowing that Bochi probably didn't want to do it too, and then also the microphone thing. Um, yeah, it was it was like her it was her trying to be Najika, but like almost to like a it was like almost not almost too like not too far, but like Najika does it in a more tactical I guess in, way. Right? Yes, exactly, more discreetly, as opposed to 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 Kita, where she just like I I put I signed us up, like that's it, and like here's the microphone, like it's more more direct and like more just like all right we're doing this like right now as opposed to like yeah well, i like, think yeah i mean i think that's part of uh kia's kind of like character maybe flaw um or like the thing she's getting like her joining the band in the first place right she's like oh yeah how far could the guitar be you're just like strumming it right i thought this was <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um i think something about her character is that she commits herself um yeah. to a lot of things, um, even though she might not necessarily be ready for it just because she's trying to fulfill her social obligations. To yeah, exactly. Like for Kita, she, she'll go for it and she'll probably fall on her face. Like, like, I mean, to go into spoilers, like she was part of the band and then left. Cause I was like, she's like, I can't do this. I'm not the person, I'm not the right fit for you guys. I don't know how to play guitar. I'm leaving. Um, yeah. and like she rejoined, um, but like it was, I think cause of the four with, with Bochi where Bochi was there essentially as being the person to like kind of guide her through to get better with the guitar and to feel more comfortable and to gain confidence in it. Um, while also Bochi looking towards Keith to, to like kind of be that person to like to aspire to, to a, to a degree in terms of like her social, um, like the social part. 
um they that's how you like like you said peaches they 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 perfectly balanced each other in that sense where they were both getting something out of the, the lessons they were doing like under the stairs at school and stuff like that where it's just them drop pushing each other towards their goals um, yeah and i think that scene in particular is like um it, a, a, an instance where bochi right yeah, is like breaking out of her shell and um doing something and speaking out for once and you know like ends in her getting tangled up in the curtain but you know that also is part of both of her and Kita developing together, I think. Yeah. And, you know, they are such perfect foils where, like, everything they do kind of, like, is the and, opposite for each other in, in, like, a growing way. And I think they build on that point even more, right? I mean, I think uh, light is something that serves as a central metaphor in a lot of the anime's, like, key moments, right? And I think um, it's interesting to think that... Right, the, for example, Yagami. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but early early on in the show, right? I think we talk about the scene where Nijika is introduced, where she literally crosses that dark gap on the swing set to talk to Bochi directly, right? And the only other person who kind of seizes into that personal space, right? The way that Kita like actively seeks out the closet that Bochi is hiding in after she like fails to invite her to join Kisoku Ben in episode three. That Kita also kind of invades that personal space right but it does so in like a like a lot more forceful in a way that's almost just as forceful as nichika does i think but in a way that's slightly different because in, because i think um it's more about trying to get something from you know uh well actually no 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 it is quite similar in the sense that they're both trying to get something right but the way that they approach it is a bit more different like nijika is very direct and upfront about what she wants but kita kind of like kind of subtly gets there right by like kind of buttering up bochi's uh <laughs> skills talking about how she's great as a guitarist and then slipping in right at the end is like hey i mean uh, i used to play in a band uh, but i don't know how to play guitar so could you teach me <laughs> basically but right? it's I also think... like to to what you're saying too like the way that they interact in these moments where nijika like is interacting with Bochi on the real world level, right? Um, yeah. In that initial swing set. But Kita, when she sees Bochi, is after Bochi has her like little somber depression song, and yeah. Kita hears that and interacts with her um, kind of like delusions too. So even the way that she gets introduced is like, oh yeah, <laughs> Nichika is Bochi's like grounded. Uh, self extrovert Nikita is like her crazed extrovert, you know. <laughs> the, the 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 enabler kind of almost right. Like, <laughs> but I think that's that that's the interesting thing here, right? I think uh, Nijika is obviously a lot more objective focused, but Kita kind of speaks a little bit more to like I think uh, Bochi's feelings a lot, you know, and trying to tell her that. Well, I think you know it's in, it's in a way telling her like I think what you're feeling is valid, and I'm compelled by like your ability to express yourself in this way. And I think it also kind of plays an interesting narrative, like for the middle part of the season, right? It's actually a pretty interesting narrative piece because Kita's actually the only one in Kisoku Ban for a time who is aware of Bochi's talent, right? Mm-hmm. I think Nishiko and Ryo only become aware of it in episode five, like when she just goes crazy and guitar loneliness and Blue Planet, right? Uh, with the foot stomp before the chorus and, you know, a little bit of Guitar Hero comes out. Yeah, Kita herself knows how good Bochi is as a musician from the go because she, she's heard her play in private, right? Basically, she gets a little peer into Bochi's private world that sells her in that idea. And I think 
That's why. But like, it, even, well, like even that song is also just like a bunch of chords. I don't know if like. Kida well, I mean, the lyrics is, are pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, true. But like, I think <laughs> I think part of Kita's like development, it, it goes with is like her learning a skill, like this tangible yeah. like guitar skill. Yeah, yeah. And her really appreciating Boji's skill as she learns how she difficult learns. I think yeah. it as well, right? Like, because that's kind of what we hear by the end. It's like. I think maybe the the translation is a little weird, which is like, oh, I can do kind of like the rhythm guitar stuff, but maybe not like the stuff that draws you in. And, and that's maybe to me a more recognition of like, oh, I really understand like how hard it is to do the, the guitar stuff you do because of like all the stuff I've learned now almost, you know? Yeah, it's, it's only gotten me to the level where I'm only good at supporting others, right? In spite of my own, you know, great personal growth over the past few months. I mean, like uh, her starting point obviously is at the point where she has no idea what a major or minor chord is right she doesn't know that you have to actually fret the fretboard in order to play to play sounds the, the baseball joke is so it's so yeah. funny because it's like how do they nail these jokes and in, in like in the translation for, yeah. oh, okay, for it actually is quite a literal translation right because a major chord minor yaku no hanashi basically means hanashi is speak right Yaku is baseball, and major chord, minor chord is obviously just a blown word from English. So it literally mm. goes over from English to uh, it, it almost it translates from Japanese to English like almost perfectly, right? So right, but like the culture, like it shouldn't, it doesn't make sense that like so many of the jokes translate over so well, and even like the ones that are like translated over, like I think they did a good job with. Yeah, 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 like the "Are you winning, diners?" thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Was yeah, so like I know I know what the original reference for that was when I like saw that guy, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cringe." Neither did I, but uh, it was. Uh, it's a. It's a. But I think uh, to kind of circle back to uh, this thing about Kita, especially, right? I think uh, it's it's interesting. I think uh, because very much throughout the first season of the show, she's there supporting other people rapid impulsively right you know it's kind of spreading herself thin getting herself involved in all these kinds of situations they're the basically you know as you say support other people as part of a social obligations but i think what's notable is that she never despite always taking it upon herself to help out others and get herself in social situations she doesn't actually show i think agency for her own ambitions in a way and i think this is a very central part of her arc as it will get revealed uh in the second season especially that she doesn't quite know what she wants from life yet and just mm-hmm. kind of drifting aimlessly through it you know she surrounds herself with other people and she definitely enjoys having fun with her friends but she doesn't have she's super to social media but not but like just for the sake of it kind of thing yeah exactly exactly right yeah and it's sort of like that emptiness right that comes mm-hmm, from, you mm-hmm. know, just getting gratification from social media isn't enough yep. in her life. And I think we touched upon it earlier. Is why, like, Kisoku Band is so important to her, right? I mean, I think uh, it's the first time in her life, right, that she mentions that she actually has something to work towards of other people. And I think yeah. it's something different from her, int- her, you know, her rather, her event-filled but uninteresting life in her own words. And I think that's why I think she's very sympathetic in that sense, right? She wants to do something new to change herself, but and basically dives headfirst into picking up a whole new skill in a whole in a world she knows absolutely nothing about, right? To basically all because she saw Rio performing on the street. Yeah, because she saw Rio 
performing on the street, but then also sticking to it because of Bochi's yeah. guidance, right? I think uh, yeah. she came for Rio, but she stayed for Bochi. Basically, is how I've seen it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. because the first I remember I remember the first few like interactions where like they were kind of like all together where Kita's kind of like like f- not is I get fawning over over Rio essentially where she's just like in, like simping over. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah simping <laughs> pretty much. Um, and that that side of, that kind of falls by the wayside as the show progresses, where they as they kind of grow together and, and become a, like a solidified band. That that those interactions kind of go away, and it's more just like like yeah, I'm the I'm the lead singer, I, I, I'm I'm the front man. Um, and there's moments where like I, I remember being like almost surprised when she, when like the, when they first performed, where I like her voice doesn't match her personality to a degree where oh, like yeah. it's, it's like not, it's not soulful, but it's like, like, like a strong voice compared to like the, the, the bright character that she is. And that threw me, but like, I, like it, it was still like, I understood in the sense that it's just like, she's trying to break out of what, it, what her current shell is. Um, Cause she wants voice to is like very confident. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. Even though you know her character is like a little insecure, and in that's right. Exactly, ways. exactly. And I think it kind of resonates with this whole uh, extrovert aura thing once again, right? I mean, when she's in her element, when she's in front of people, like she gains that confidence to express herself. And I think it it, it resonates in like you know the fact that she's already well established that she's really really good at singing. Right, so when she's mm-hmm. in her element, she projects that confidence and manages to reach people with her voice. Right, I mean, like I'm in the same boat with you, Chris. Like when Guitar Loneliness and the Blue Planet fired up for the first time, and she begins singing, I was like, "It's on, boys! He's on side. <laughs> it's a one-on-one with the goalkeeper. They just have to finish." Like I was like, "Go on, I was, son!" <laughs> so, like background. So, I so Lens put me onto the show, so I started watching it, and you, you would always talk about certain like hits on the show, like them performing for the first time, the, the certain songs. And I was like anticipating it, and I was just like, it, "Like it." In the it back of my mind, good. exactly. <laughs> and I, and then when it and then when it happened, and it was, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like yeah. it was just like it's just the, those moments are just like so like cathartic in the sense that like everything kind of lines up. Like it's just like the stars align. And it's just this like amazing performance, and it's just like, "Oh wow, okay, like this is this is insane. This is great." Yeah. Do Do we want to talk about the music? We I will, guess, we, will like, we, we will in a bit. We will. We will in a bit. Yeah. Because I think uh, we okay. should probably. I was gonna say like the main characters. We've definitely um, like Kira is definitely like this one that really brings it out uh, or like rounds up the crew. And you even feel that in the show too. It it does. To me, it didn't feel very complete until Kira joined. Honestly. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm I feel the same way. Right. I mean, because I, I think a, a lot of it uh, obviously comes from the fact that you know. I mean, uh, Nijika and Rio are confident they're settled in themselves and it's until you have mm. this other person who's very much like bochi in a lot of ways right and someone to grow alongside her particularly and the way that pays off in the end right in the same way that you know uh, bochi i think uh, comes to grow as a person and her growth is put under the lens i mean the only other person that grows at the, the level of detail as much as she does obviously is kita who is who is actively learning from her as a guitarist who grows as a performer and grows in confidence as a person as a result of that right to the point where she basically helps save the show right at the cultural festival as a result of the lessons that bochi like uh, you know imparts to her right yeah. that scene right at yeah. the end during if i could be a constellation i i 
I cry every time. I'm not gonna lie. Like, seriously. Like, <laughs> oh, and it's that part. I mean, like we'll talk about like the animation on the performances, but like the way that her dress is, like I was captivated like by that animation with that yeah, shot. The, she was the, the looks in her eyes, the eye contact, and the way that she has that confident grin that she's basically that wink poetry. when she's singing. Yeah. Too. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The wink. And, the, the head bump. <laughs> and, and and like the orchestration of the songs, like even that goes to the character details. It's crazy because you listen to these songs and yeah, all the rhythm guitar parts are just power chords. They're definitely playable by someone of Kita's level. And then yeah. Bochi's parts are batshit insane bends <laughs> and just yeah, like slides yeah. all the way around. And, and um, just open harmonics here and just like finger, like tapping, finger picking, everything, alternate hybrid picking. Uh, sweeping, like, it's just every single technique possible. And then, you know, Rio obviously has these really cool, like, funky bass lines that, and, like, are doing this. I, I can't even tell when, like, the drum fill is, like, is, everything is just, like, drawn to these characters, like, even down to the way that they uh, yeah. created the music for this show. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and I think to that point especially, right, the evolution of the lead guitar parts as a Kisoku band, uh, you know, release more and more songs right i mean the, the lead on guitar loneliness and the blue planet is relatively simple but it's hype for the moment it comes in because that's where bochi kind of breaks out of her shell right mm -hmm. but then you jump from that to like fucking that band right anobando during that part in episode eight <laughs> i think the known you're all talking about and you're just like yo where the fuck did this come from <laughs> it's like holy shit like yeah. <laughs> the first like, like the, the, the solo itself was hype but then, like, that intro is monstrous, dude. Like, the yeah. rising tremolo attack that basically, like, sucks everyone in. I was like, am I at a fucking Mogwai concert all of a sudden? <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> and then, uh, then the pause, you let Bochi drop the lead line. That -na 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 and then, like, when they drop right, and the beat drops right after, I screamed. I screamed. Yeah, I got, I like, like, a like, car just to... Uh... <clears throat> See if I can play that line. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but 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 you know, I think uh, you guys are kind of right. Oh no! But I think it's oh, so hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think like building upon that as well, right? I mean, I think it culminates obviously at the cultural festival. When I mean, like, uh, have you seen the guitar tab for "I Will Never Forget" during the chorus? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> dude, tremolo attack once again. You end up doing bends, and then you drop right into a solo with like a few more filthy bends further down the line, and then you drop a sweep right in the middle. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's insane. And then, like, uh, you know, I mean, Constellation, obviously, I think uh, is the most rhythmically complex one yet, right? And I think even the lead lines in that, right? A lot of really the bass line in that is crazy. The bass line that that's song. bananas, yeah. And I think to, to comment on the drums particularly, right? The fills are one thing, but some of the sync. The syn I've, I've talked about this a bit. The syncopation on the beats dropped by Nichika, right? I mean, like uh, some of those patterns are tough, dude. And I think like it's pretty clear, you know. I, I think it, I, what I appreciate about the anime is that it's well established that three out of four of them are like super well seasoned musicians, right? They've been playing their instrument for years. They and, and it's why like you can actually kind of believe that someone of that skill level will be able to put out something like that, right? You know, because these are all very well seasoned musicians in your own right. 
So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, I, I suppose, like, um, so I, th I guess maybe I'll uh, phrase it this way, I suppose. Uh, if you could rank the Keisoku band songs, I suppose, like, what would your respective rankings be, I guess, uh, depending uh, on, uh, you know, where they come in the show or what you're feeling at the time. Like, uh, let's, let's go. Uh, We'll just stick to the four that we had in the anime, I guess, for now, because I think the op the openings and endings are like their own universe, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but, really? Because I was gonna say like the Station Complex almost feels like it's part of the the whole like repertoire based on how many times it's been performed at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I know what you mean, but I think if it were up to me, I think I'd probably put Constellation at the top, probably followed by that band and then some kind of mix between i'll never forget and uh, guitar loneliness and the blue planet i mean i love all four of these songs right but i think what puts constellation over the top for me is like the moment in the show where it comes right i mean it's the culmination of everything that we've seen up until that point in many ways serves as like the emotional climax of the first season right i mean uh, you know i mean because of the investment that uh you know it's a signifier of uh, Kita's growth as a person. It signifies Bochi's, uh, signifies the rest of the band to basically support Bochi uh, and basically pay her back for saving the show in episode eight, right? I mean, I think um, the whole thing comes full circle and if I could be a constellation, I think on top of that, like you read the lyrics, right? And you see how something that doesn't get touched upon enough, I think is actually just how, how good Bochi is as, is as a lyricist. <laughs> I think even the translated <laughs> read through like very, very nicely, right? Especially that little bit with the metaphor towards the end where it's like, I won't let the lines that connect this break no matter how bright I shine, right? Because I think like a constellation, you know, so many individual components may shine brighter than the others, right? But what makes it notable to people is the way that the is the way that people point them out in the sky and the way that they all connect and they form and they come together to form something more beautiful than the sum of their individual components, which is why I think like, you know, from virtually every standpoint that I can think of, it is probably the most meaningful song in the show. So, I don't disagree with you on that, but yeah, for me, I I love Guitar Loneliness and the Blue Planet just because it, it's like the the moment where you see it all come together. Essentially, like I for me, it's like one A one B with like, if I could be a constellation, but like yeah. I really I, I I tend to lean more toward towards. Uh, guitar loneliness and Blue Planet. I I agree with you that Constellation I think is like the best song, or you know lyrically it's extremely well. It's very clever um, in what it achieves, but just like that solo for Ano Bando, and like that band, all like the and that lick, it's just so <laughs> sick, <laughs> you know. Um, it, like that song made me buy a guitar and start wanting to play, you know, yeah, so no, to me, yeah. you know, that's, Is this I wanted to be so... Bochy stomping on my, or my <laughs> blues driver pedal. Yeah, I was just going to say, it just seems so unfair that a slice of life anime basically gave us the shonen anime moment of the year, <laughs> right? And with that guitar solo at the beginning of Anobando, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's surreal to me, right? And, like, it was 2 o'clock in the morning when I finally hit that episode, and I was like, is this a fucking fever dream? Like, <laughs> I was like, if I was, like, 
at a random nightclub in the basement of an apartment in Shimo Kitazawa, and I saw a, a band full of high schoolers play a song like that in the middle of a typhoon, I would have thought, like, I died or something. What the fuck? Like, yeah. honestly, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it just doesn't seem fair. I, I know what you mean, though. And I think it's a nice little segue into, like, uh, the, the animation during the performance scenes as well, right? Which I think is kind of like how the show kind of ties everything together. Um, I think uh, with, uh, you know, the, the little character beats, the little character moments that, is, that give a little hint at, like, the dynamics that are going on, right? And I think uh, the big part of the design philosophy during this uh, parts of the show especially were on full display right here. Obviously, uh, Bochi is a bit more withdrawn into her shell because she's introverted and kind of uncomfortable in front of people. Nijika and Ryo obviously had these little moments where they show that they've been playing to, uh, yeah, uh, Nijika and Ryo have this moment where, you know, they obviously have been playing for a long time, you know, uh, the little pieces of eye contact they make give yeah. each other to kind of get their timing down and communicate without speaking on stage, right? Rhythm section, right. always on point. And of course, Kita, <laughs> right, who is a natural, I think, from the go, very bright, very introverted, but also at various points throughout the show, like, uh, th- because the first actual live concert doesn't go so well, right, that she's out, like, through her face, so she obviously tell that she's kind of nervous, and it's just kind of going along with, uh, you know, Bochi's, um, Bochi's lead, before all of them come together in full bloom, right, at the cultural festival, right, where it's really the time where you f- see Keisoku Band as a unit, right, a full fully realized unit that are all on the same page, right? And I think that's why that last performance especially was such a treat to everybody who followed them along with the season. Peaches, I know that you probably have a lot of uh, things that you've picked up on as well, so uh, maybe like a, give us a, I guess like, some of the stuff, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the detail for like the equipment and that kind of stuff is like, right, uh, everything about the musicianship I think has been Shown obviously, it's rotoscoped over live musicians playing, but um, like the the yeah, it's just the attention to detail of like how it's played on an animation is absurd to me. Um, the way that they made that look, especially like with each character, um, I'm like honestly, I'm lusting after just all the equipment that's in this show too, like these guitars that they're playing, like Butch's Gibson Black Beauty, which is just yeah. like an eight thousand dollar guitar. Did, if you did to you buy see right the now. pedal board that she has at the uh, cultural festival, and now it's like I was looking at it, like yeah. the wah pedal she has. She obviously has like a pretty nice drive pedal. Like um, she has that Yamaha amp. Um, that, that like that portable one like every every like they they play on marsh lamps at like starry i think uh, i think yeah, Nijika plays tama drums even she has a chad smith like, signature snare as well i think as somebody found out which is yeah i mean that's <laughs> a pretty solid choice you know <laughs> um but yeah i mean like even like yamaha as like a guitar brand yeah it's like totally in line with <laughs> the type of like Dude, Marvel, I mean, uh, it was it was such a, a high, high school student would be such a boon for Yamaha to basically have this anime blow up the way that it has in Japan, right? I mean, like you see all Gibson the too. Honestly, Gibson has like this reputation of being an old person brand, right? Like the only person, the latest person who played uh, <laughs> yeah. Gibson guitar is like the Guns N' Roses guy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true though. That is true. That is true. Uh, the, and Kida plays a Gibson too. Like that's um, 
It's like a, a Les Paul a, Jr. A right? Jr. Yeah. yeah. Les Paul Jr. Uh, that she Paul Jr. borrowed yeah. from Rio, if I'm not mistaken, I think. That's yeah. correct, because she had her <laughs> six string Ibanez. <laughs> dude, I mean, when she was like, I tried playing the guitar, but it only seems to make this badump sound. <laughs> I was like, oh no. I was like, oh no. <laughs> that did so good. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> Literally, I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The, anima- the animation was like that too where she just like melts and it's like oh my god i can't believe you've like portrayed that so like that embarrassment that you could feel from buying a bass instead of a guitar like that the facial expressions were so funny as well because the three of them are like horrified while like kita is like very obviously very showy about her purchase and then the slow realization of her face as she realizes what she's done until that goth towards the end. <laughs> right, because that was also in line with like the the background music too. Everything was on beat, like the cuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, you know, I mean, like the the timing on these beats, man. Like, no pun intended, right? The timing on these comedy beats are so good. <laughs> Such a central part of like the show is like, uh, you know, a lot of their humor and where it comes from. Especially, like, earlier in the episode, right, where, like, uh, you know, Kita's, like, apologizing profusely for running away. Uh, no, yeah, the whole, the, the, the whole scene where, where, sorry, no, where Kita's trying to duck the reunion with Nichika and Ryo, right? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're the Bochicha! And it becomes, like, a <laughs> fucking uh, horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, 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 I, like, I, I cannot emphasize enough, like, just how much I think the voice acting lends so much character. Right, like the, uh, you said you were having yakiniku today, and I immediately thought of like the lies she was telling Hiroi, um, in episode six, and I noticed that no one had even like gotten a screenshot of that, so I had to load up episode six, take a screenshot of it, and then clip it before I sent it to you. Uh, but like even like that delivery, like I remembered it so distinctly because of the way that she just went on that like crazy lie. It was re- like, yeah, like Yopi Chan obviously like nails Bochi um, just out of the park. But I think underrated like Nijika as a voice actress is fair. Yeah, I mean the Su- Su- the Sayumi Suzushiro, right? I think is such a central component of the- of Nijika's characterization, and I think it's really notable that Aki Hamaji herself basically admitted that she had no idea how to write Nijika's character until she heard Sayumi Suzushiro's performance as Nijika in the anime. And that's where she kind of realized that, yeah, she should be this kind of cheerful, upbeat person who's trying desperately to try and get her band full of uh, deranged lunatics on track, basically, right? As a central soul, as a central heart of Kisoku band. Um, And I think... uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear that specifically from the creator herself that she that the anime's performance basically gave her her own levels of creative uh, ideas for the show. Um, no, I think um, like to that end, right? I think uh, it's 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 a uh, kind of grasping here. I totally forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think uh, maybe we should, we should circle back to uh, the performance scenes a little bit. And I think I just wanted to talk about like the technical detail that was the flex of just randomly animating that bottle of water that I was vibrating from like the sound during the audition. 
and like the GoPro angle from the top of Bochi's guitar. Yeah, like, for me the the for me it's always I always think of the the GoPro just like the top down view of the guitar, where it's just like they're animating like essentially <laughs> it's like it's so insane that it's like animating downward, but also like the crowd. It's so it's like. Because they're animating like, a shot that if you saw a concert video, you'd be like, that's a sick shot. Yeah. Wow. Like, what? Like, that's insane that you guys took the time and like effort to like kind of do that like stylistic choice. And they insane. definitely like put a GoPro on top of a guitar. Like you can tell that they definitely did that to rotoscope that scene. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it's interesting to see that the philosophy behind that was like, I think as Peach has mentioned, they had proper musicians actually do the actors and musicians do the performance, but they had them mimic the, uh, mimic the body mannerisms of the character. Right. So they basically told them to keep in mind, like the characterization, right. As you play this performance and think about someone who would be feeling this in this moment and act accordingly. And I think they drew on top of that as a result of that. I was thinking about this, but realistically, Bochi is um, actually just like her parts are just crazy, crazy uh, hard enough where like if you're playing those parts, you're just not going to move that much <laughs> as a guitarist because they're yeah. so technically difficult. Yeah. And, and on top of that, right? I mean, like why this show goes above K on in my estimation is because all the, all the, all the finger placements and all the, the fans are Nazis. <laughs> Yeah, all the fans aren't Nazis. The finger placements <laughs> are, are accurate. And, you know, I mean, like, uh, the very fact that, like, uh, the symbol choke that opens If I Could Be a Constellation was charted uh, faithfully, like, fills my heart with so much joy, right? I mean, every time I see a music <laughs> anime where the drums obviously aren't matching up with what's being played, I, like, fucking lose, right. like, ten... Like, I, I lose, like, ten brain cells every split second. It's like that Simpson <laughs> scene. Yeah. I was like, why Why is she hitting the hi-hat in quarter notes? Like, it's very obviously... <laughs> <laughs> it's just very, like, stock it's animation. Yeah, it's obviously clear, like, blues groove. It's like, Come I obviously <laughs> hear a ride symbol here. Like, why is she hitting the hi-hat? <laughs> but no, the, no none yeah, of that. Yeah, Rio's happened. slap basing all caught really perfectly. You know, like... And even that, ran, like, even random, random throwaway parts in the performance scenes where Nijika's off frame, but you can see her hands like flying in and hitting the drums in time with the, yeah. with the song. I was like, "Wow, you didn't need to do this, but you did." Like, like we're saying, <laughs> I respect with, uh, that so much. Kita solo, the improvised solo, <laughs> like that sweeping panning shot around this like who people don't capture that in like coachella <laughs> yeah, they yeah. animated that like yeah, yeah. They, they got not only that sweeping pan it with like the contrasting like dress sweep with the way that that fabric is moving but also catching like the lens distortion and the parallax effect while you're doing that what are you like what is going on in that yeah. studio where you can put that much time into this like cute girls playing the guitar anime <laughs> yeah all right i mean it's better shot than most than some live concerts we've been to to be honest with you actually the way that it penned almost immediately into that shot of her giving bochi like the the, the confident smirk and the side eye glances of to say go on show them how cool you are right and she launches right into that bottleneck solo or like right after like yeah every time by a slide after watching that yeah no i mean that was 
Oh God! I mean, it's just—it's just this beautiful television. Like I'm actually yeah, no, it, it about is. it right now. Like, <laughs> and like, I think uh, to kind of expound on that a little bit, I think earlier on, you know, I think light is something that we've talked about as like a central metaphor. But you know, I think it's harking back to like a, the life performance and story thing. The uh, you know, during that band when Bochi saves the show, and you know, I think uh, once again, right, talking about that shot from behind the stage right for where the drums are seeing bochi out in front of him and you know the light from the stage hitting the clock that's at the back of starry right and forming that halo mm-hmm. of light above bochi's head that remains on her throughout the whole performance i was like the the the, the level of detail that's given to the lighting the uh, you know i think uh, the way that if some effects would work and incorporating that into like actual the vending machine scene has no business being that well animated yeah, yeah, yeah. All of those things come together, and just creating like on top of just a wonderful, soulful show about like uh, you know uh, overcoming your worst anxieties. It's also just such a visual treat, right? The way. Yeah, that- no, it, it is, and it's something that I, I like. I said, like it's, I haven't watched anime in a while, and I, it was something where I was just like, I guess you were saying that like other shows kind of do some of it, but like I, I, I just were was like amazed at like some of the little things they were doing for just to like it was like even minor beats where it like and like references to other animes and all that other stuff like it's just like it felt like such a passion project um yeah. from all aspects that it's just like you can't not enjoy what the what they what they presented to you and i, I can't i like i look forward to to, to more of it because it's it's just good it's like you said it's just good television yeah I, I remember, I remember like, when it hit episode 12 and I was just like, this can't, like, no, I, like, no, no, I need more, I need more now, immediately, like, I can't wait, and it's just like, they haven't even announced it yet, and I'm just like, no, 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 stop playing around, like, let's, let's just get on with it, guys. <laughs> My hope is that this does to J-Rock what Haikyuu did to Volleyball in Japan, and it just becomes like a national sensation where... Everyone just learns how to like shred <laughs> because but Japan think, could use a lot more shredding. Well, well I, th- I actually do think it's kind of had that effect, right? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a, a I, I guess I can only really speak for Western fans, I suppose. But you know, I mean, like, you know, I've been listening to Asian Kung Fu Generation for a while, right? And I think uh, this is something that will naturally tie everything together. Uh, Kesoku Band being based on the members of Asian Kung Fu Generation, right? Every single one of them shares a last name with a member of Asian Kung Fu Generation. And mm-hmm. seeing, like, you know, like, one of their hit songs, like, uh, ro- <laughs> Rock and Roll, uh, Morning Light Shines in You being the uh, closing song for season one, you know, when that yeah. hit, I was like, wow, I honestly couldn't, like, uh, you know, have imagined a better way to actually close off the show than, like, to actually have a song from the band that inspired it to begin with Yeah, be covered so faithfully. Yeah, right. Especially, no, I agree. Um, and seeing how that's had a knock-on effect, and you know, reminding people how great Asian Kung Fu Generation's music is, you know, it really just warms the heart because I think uh, I, I will. Admit, really- I have I I haven't gotten into them, and I feel like I should listen to just more of it. Like I, I want to do like a rewatch, but of of the show, but also just get into the music because I feel like it's it's almost essentially like heavily referenced in terms of like 
it's it's inspired like every episode show. title yeah 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 like all that title is an asian kung fu generation song uh, exactly i started i definitely started listening to to them more i mean i mostly knew them because of the naruto song <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but like that is like how you get big in japan right you just aim to become the a band who does a huge triple a blockbuster anime opening and then you're set right yeah, yeah, because you basically make bank off the licensing rights for that. Yeah, and then you go on massive world tour. And you go on massive tours because of that. I think uh, right. Asian. I was Kung watching that metal, that metal band who did uh, Attack on Titan um, was like the hard rock number one song in the U.S. for like three weeks straight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess on the topic of this, right? I mean, uh, the 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 Kisoku band record that we mentioned, I think. Uh, and is in itself a massive hit, right? I mean, number one in Japan for, I think, over the Christmas period. Uh, their first... It's like six weeks. <laughs> yeah, for six weeks. I think the first all-female group to actually top the charts in Japan's in the history of the Oricon music charts, which I think is kind of crazy, if you ask me, considering like these are fictional people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, on one hand, Japan, what are you doing? Like, on the second hand. <laughs> yeah. Very uh, so impressive. There had to be a fucking anime show that, <laughs> that basically breaks the gra- glass ceiling. Like, what the fuck, dude? But, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it kind of bodes well for the prospects of a second season all around, right? And, and I think, to your point, Peaches, like, I really do hope that the main takeaway from people uh, people get from the show is that, you know, I think not just the power of, uh, you know, uh, overcoming your fears and opening yourself to a whole new world of opportunity, but also, you know, reminding yourself of the effect that music can have in people right you know its ability to bring people together in order to bring up all these old feelings that express things that people haven't always been able to express other than through this form you know and i think it's great that people are starting to see that by discovering asian kung fu generation of music and you know and you read through the comments and you see like this song really speaks to me because you know i don't even know what they're saying but it feels very much like a lot of how i'm feeling you know and that sort of is the emotive appeal that i hope that people kind of get away from that right you know it's not just the story that's being told to you but it's also like the effect that the music that inspired the anime can bring to you right so go and discover a cool ass new band from a halfway across the world uh <laughs> and i hope it really just you know brings people you know the amount of joy that it's brought me over the past few years obviously i'm getting yeah. yeah. eyed here but <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i think your point is very true though because like bochi had, like you know, as i said inspired me to start learning the guitar and that has opened up kind of like me watching more content related to the guitar um, I started listening to like Polyphia and stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, weird pipelines, but you know, uh, Ichika, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, but also like it's opened up a whole other kind of community and language that I can speak to other people with um, in, in that sense. So you know, I hope you like if you're watching this and Bochi inspires you in that kind of way, maybe you can pick up like whatever instrument that you wanted to learn how to play too, because I think that's a, a very enriching thing. I've always been an instrumentalist in my life, so I don't, I can't necessarily, I think, appreciate what it's like to not have that, um, I guess, in a way. But, you know, it's definitely something that's given me a lot of structure um, and a lot of common ground with a, a surprising amount of people. So, you know, if you were thinking about playing music, I would highly encourage that as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Chris, I suppose any parting words that you like to give to the audience before we close it out today? Um, 
No, just two things. Uh, we didn't even mention like the, the the connotation of the band name and how like the Kasoku band, how like Kasoku is it Kasoku that that means cable tie? The no. Ties. Yeah, yeah like Kasoku is it's a pun on unity. Yeah, exactly. So it's a tie. it's like unity, and then like it's also a cable tie. Like if you watch the show, you'll see the logo on their T shirt. It's like a little cable tie. Which yeah. I still need to buy a fucking you know, yeah, final I want a, t-shirt. I need I want a t-shirt. They're all sold out. They're all sold out. I'm so it. pissed. Like uh, my sister was at the animate in Shinjuku, and she said like the whole bochi section sold out. So, God damn it! So yeah, uh, so that that I wanted to touch on, and then also just like also the minor characters, like stuff like Psych, like uh, Ichigo's sister Saika, where like she yeah. she plays the perfect kind of like way to like balance in this sense that like Saika is. Kind of like the thing, the person that kind of grounds them in this, it, it, it like to like not get them too like big headed, um, and then like stuff like where like even Bochi's dad, where like the, I remember the first time and like you're watching and you just don't see their like, it's I don't know I can expand and I feel and I know we're wrapping up so like I'm not going to, but like things like that like even the little things are just like so, it's it's such a good show in the sense that it's like so much love is poured into it and i have a lot of sus about bochi's dad by the way like why why do you just randomly have that gibson line around yeah exactly but seika especially is someone that i really wish we had more time to talk about you know and i think we can we yeah, yeah have to revisit it at some point i think maybe after season two comes out we yeah absolutely do an episode blow by blow because I guess it's an opportune time because Seika does get a lot more time, I think, in the subsequent seasons. For anywhere that okay, cool. Yeah, I really like Seika as a character. Yeah. She's a uh, classic big sis and Sundere. So wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, the most important character was the other club owner, let's be serious. Right? <laughs> the PA-san? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she gets a little bit of screen time in season two as well, so I guess uh, on that note... Ladies and gentlemen, I suppose we'll have to watch this space. Uh, obviously, this is the first for a soccer-predominated podcast, but I can—I think I speak on behalf of everyone else that it has just been very cathartic speaking about something. Oh like yeah, this no shit, week in week out. Yes, you know, like this has been really fun. I mean, obviously, I think it's—it's it's quite self-indulgent, but we have to indulge ourselves sometimes, right, ladies and gents? And, uh, you know, I mean, if you want to. I suppose the Rock is the 2018 New York Red Bulls of anime. Yeah, no, of we're anime, literally exactly. witnessing like someone cooking in the prime of their run, and I hope yeah. that you know our discussion today kind of compels you to seek it out. And if you want to watch yeah. this show, it's available on a variety of legal and illegal sites. <laughs> Legally, it's on and a Netflix now, if I'm not mistaken. Illegally, no, it's on cr- uh, Crunchyroll in in the U.S. Oh, and it's on Netflix as well, internationally, is I think what I'm trying oh, to interna- say. Oh, interna- oh, I didn't know that. Cool, cool, cool. For international fan base. <laughs> Metro fan TV's exactly. international fan base. It's yeah, on Netflix in certain areas. Uh, and illegally, well, just shoot me a du- shoot me a Twitter DM. I'll be more than happy to help <laughs> hit you up. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Lens did not pl- pay for Twitter Blue. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true, though. I didn't. But hey, it's okay. So uh, on that note, ladies and gents, we hope that you've enjoyed this little weave excursion on the side. And I want to thank my co-pilots for today. Peaches, thank you so much for your time as always. I love this little musical outro we're getting and, from uh, Peaches. Chris as well. Yeah, I love how he's giving us like free royalty-free like outro track as I babble like consistently on top of it. So I guess on that note, no pun intended. Uh, Metro Fan TV is saying peace out. Rock over London, rock on Chicago, Butchie the Rock, best anime on television. Good night. That's right.
We're gonna go. play football. Fight. Football. Soccer. Football. Soccer. All around the world. Football. Soccer. Football. Soccer. Football. Soccer. Football. Soccer. Greatest game of all. Cause we're gonna play football, soccer, football, soccer, football, soccer, football, soccer, Yeah, we're talking about football.